Okay, everybody. Hi. Welcome back to Powerful Stuff, hosted by myself, Meredith Baker. And Eileen Legiu. You can look at us as your older millennial besties, trying to figure it out and spread wisdom along the way. Yes. We can also be your peers or your youngins. <laughs> just I'm lived. every woman. <laughs> it's all in me. All of that's to say is we're happy you're here and we are all trying to convert failures, embarrassments, challenges into fuel so it can become our powerful stuff. And today we're talking about a topic that's very near and dear to our hearts and probably to the hearts of many other Gen Z people, millennials, and that is Saturn, Saturn Return. Return. <laughs> You've probably seen a million Instagram memes about this and you might have wondered, what is this thing that people are so terrified of? What is Saturn? When is it returning? I didn't even know Saturn left. Mm. These might be a few questions <laughs> going through your head, but do not worry because by the end of this episode, not only will you be able to explain Saturn return to your atheist parents <laughs> who don't believe in astrology, but you will also... Atheism is now just <laughs> astrology versus not. <laughs> yeah, I know. A lot of binary statements going on today. But, um, but you'll also understand, like, even if you're past your Saturn return in your late 30s or 40s, listening, how can we continue to have that mindset of staying in alignment so we can feel empowered in the choices we make rather than feeling shoved off the cliff by the universe? Perfect. Well, we'll just, we'll just take um, a few deep breaths and then Eileen will drop us right into what does that Saturn return mean? Perfect. So everyone just closing your eyes, take a deep breath in through your nose pulling up to the crown of your head, almost like you have that Saturn ring around you activated as you exhale, letting it out, feeling that Saturn stardust sprinkle down to your toes. Second breath in, breathing in any challenge that you have right now, anything that you haven't voiced to yourself or to the larger public. And exhale, letting that arise to the surface in service of being cleared out. And then third and deepest breath in, breathing in your internal power resource, your remembrance that you've done hard things before. And exhale, breathing that out, coming into full trust around what your next step is in living in alignment as you move through your version of your Saturn return. And we'll do a deeper dive on this later toward the end of the episode, but for now, Eileen, kick us off. So, Saturn the planet... Um, in astrology, this represents restriction and structure and discipline. It can sometimes be called like the father figure, but it's not structure or discipline just for the sake of it because that can just, I don't know, send us into kind of a tailspin, but it's, it's to support all of the other parts of yourself that will get you to reach your fullest potential. So all of these different aspects of yourself are meant to conspire together and be activated by you to work together to help you reach your maximum in all areas of your life, in your work, in your internal sense of self, in your external relationship to the world, um, 
and the relationships that are within that. So Saturn, the reason that we talk about it in this return kind of scary way is there's a whole kind of astrology um, structure to it, but basically it comes back to the place that it was when you were born roughly every 30 years. So it's entering back into the sign, so like the personality and the house, so the realm of your life. Um, And it's coming back there basically to whip you into shape. Mm -hmm. So what ends up happening, long story short, is if you are not at your fullest potential and reaching it in that moment, Saturn will push you there. So there sort of comes a choice for every person. Um, and we see this in out of the context of astrology too. But you have to either make the choice, make it conscious to change, to improve your life, to change your circumstances. And you can do that in a really thoughtful way with others. Mm-hmm. Or you can avoid the voices in the back of your head that are pushing you in a certain direction. Yes. And you will be forced into it in a much less comfortable way and in a way that can take years to kind of unravel and come back from. Wow. What a powerful description. And like you said, it's like it's coming back I love the idea that it, it comes back to the place where you were born every 30 years because it is like a homecoming. Exactly. And it's like almost like, you know, a forceful Marie Kondo coming into the house, cleaning out everything that no longer serves. Yes. And bringing you back to your innate nature and gifts. And it's like in order to expand into your next version of power, you need to make space and remove the things that maybe were the safety blankets or the crutches or the shoulds that you thought you should achieve by 30 or whatever. And it forces you, like you said, if you don't take action yourself, it, it forces it, it forces your hand. Exactly. And I think some people get stuck on the astrology piece, but that's just such a relevant experience in everyone's life. Like we all have these, these decisions that can help us evolve and we often know what they are. Right. It's like the the cognitive dissonance of like knowing mm. what would be good for us, <laughs> but not doing it or like having that inkling that something's not right, but numbing our intuition with substances, distractions, whatever. And that's why it is so funny when people are like, oh, it's, oh no, they're entering their Saturn return when they're like 27 or 28 um, because it doesn't have to be chaotic. Like exactly. you said, if if we're living in alignment and you're doing this clearing on yourself, what am I not expressing? What am I not communicating? Am I showing up as my authentic self? Then it doesn't have to be as chaotic or dramatic. It doesn't have to be that self-fulfilling prophecy of like pain and masochism. But But it's when we choose to ignore the signs in front of us, they become so loud that we're forced into action. Yes. And so would love to share a personal story of my own Saturn return and hear yours as well, Eileen, and then kind of talk what we've seen from the outside looking in. 
mm-hmm. um, as innocent bystanders around other people who will remain completely anonymous and nondescript. They're sad in returns. Um, but yeah, for mine, I remember, you know, I was running a beverage company and I finally kind of felt like I'd built up my product. I had a team of advisors, uh, um, an operations person, like, and I loved all these people, but I realized I was holding on to the idea of being a founder of this beverage company because, you know, I was kind of someone who took the road less traveled after Harvard and felt like, you know, I was teaching yoga and playing music. And then when I became a founder, I felt like, oh, now I'm back on a path that makes sense of like Meredith founder, like just like my peers. And of course, that's a very ego driven Thing to be coming at it from that place. Yeah, and you were you were following something completely external. Yeah, exactly. And and um, it's so funny because for so long I ignored the dread when I would wake up in the morning to start my day mm-hmm. of like talking to aluminum can suppliers and all these things that just you know I love people in the beverage industry who do those things, but it just was not my zone of genius or area of expertise. Okay, everybody. So it's so hilarious. We were talking about Saturn return. Eileen and I had recorded a fire episode. We were just going at it. And then I realized that my computer stopped recording. A classic Mercury retrograde moment. Classic Merc ret. And so we're like, you know what? How is this happening for us and not Mm. to us? Um, How can we embrace Mercury retrograde right now? We decided that although it was extremely frustrating, you guys deserved the rest of the Saturn Return episode. Yeah. So we're going to pick up almost right where we left off. We sure will. We sure (laughs) will. So We are going to fight this Mercury in retrograde. (laughs) But also, but also flow with it. But also flow with it. And Mercury, if you're listening, we're flowing. We are. We hear you. Welcoming your presence. Mm. Um, we're hoping you have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> we get you some um, some communication on the side. Yeah, some electrolyte water. You thirsty? <laughs> I'm joking. Okay. So, anyways, back to Saturn return. Um, it won't feel like a long time for you guys because same episode, but <laughs> for us, I was talking about um, my beverage company, Morabeza, yes. and how it felt like a such a difficult thing to let go of that founder identity because I kind of felt like I'd taken the road less traveled and um, since Harvard and finally had, you know, advisors and investors, and so I was all afraid of what will, A, what will they think, like, it's their money, I have a huge amount of responsibility, all these people who had worked free on my vision with sweat equity who have families like uh so immense pressure there and also internal pressure of allowing myself to release that title and um the the pinnacle of this came to a head when I went to uh, Colorado um to visit our manufacturers and I was trying to you know be the cheerleader that we're going to figure this out I was like really stressed about it on the inside. And I had happened to get Rufus to sell Red Rock tickets the year prior for that same night. And um, I was supposed to go with all my friends, but they, of course, canceled. And so I went by myself, and it was the most 
like melodramatic millennial Saturn return moment ever of me sitting in the bleachers at Red Rocks, which if you guys don't know, it's like this beautiful rocky amphitheater in Colorado under the stars, um, listening to treat you better. Um, like, Meredith, I just want to treat you better. I just mm-hmm. want to feel excited to wake up in the morning. and um, Such a self-love moment. Such a self-love moment. Like really being able to feel it in the moment. Yes, allowing, the permi- giving myself the permission to feel it. It felt like I was in my own like dramatic, like rom-com, except at that point I was single and it was like my rom-com with myself, yeah. like my breaking moment, just like so, yeah, melancholic and romanticized at the same time. And at the same time, I had like a huge block in my throat, as we mentioned on mm. the non-recorded podcast, not <laughs> COVID, but certainly around that time, but it felt, <laughs> it felt like a manifestation of all my stress. And yeah. sometimes our body, like the body keeps score starts to manifest the ailments of um, what we kind of swallow in terms of our stress. And so it was almost like I'm not speaking my truth. And so my throat was getting really sore. And it wasn't until I got home later that week that my advisor, uh, who I deeply admire, who's been with me for the whole journey, who's also put in some of their personal investment, gave me the permission that I needed to give myself to let more basic go. And... um, that was so freeing because, yeah, it was something that I was holding on to and she saw how much I was struggling and she said, let's just wind this thing down. And it was such a gift that she gave me. And um, the biggest things that I learned that week are I was the one who was putting the most pressure on myself because everyone, when I called my advisors and investors and told them the news, they were like, I just want you to be happy. We just believed in you. We, of course, we believed in the idea. We wanted to see it work, but we just ultimately wanted you to be happy. And it was such a realization for me that I didn't need to hold on to this identity and that I was actually the one making it hardest on myself. And I'll never forget when I asked my operations guy um, for feedback of how I could have handled it better. He said, you could have told me that you weren't sure sooner. You didn't have to put on this face. And it's funny because I gave him Brene Brown's book, Dare to Lead. And in the book, she says, clear is kind, meaning that even if even if we say, I don't know, that's actually a clear answer yeah. and trying to pretend or make someone feel like we've got it all together. That's so real. And I feel like that actually kind of microcosm scale epitomizes the whole Saturn return because the whole idea is that you're obviously on some track, right? We're always working and running towards something and we're trying to be the best at it that we can be and put those structures in place and be disciplined. But the point is if you're forcing it onto a path or something that's really not meant for you or aligned, whatever that means for you, then you're just going to keep running into that roadblock because you're not really being clear about what it is that you're chasing. Totally. And the funny thing is, it's like we think we can fool other people, Mm -hmm. but they all see it, which we'll get to, which we'll, I mean, we already are getting to it by talking about it with me, but it's just, I guess our point is that we see it in some of people in our lives. And it's like, if, even if you're not speaking it out loud, it is detectable. Yeah. And energy doesn't lie and you're not fooling anyone but yourself. Yeah, and that's why those feelings of that feeling of stuckness, of not being excited about life, 
is so important to monitor and to not let yourself normalize that feeling mm-hmm. because that's your signal. That's the clue that's hinting at something. And when you don't listen to that, it just gets louder and louder. And that's what leads to that lump in your throat, these small ailments. I mean, we're just electrical beings, essentially. We consume food for energy. We sleep to regain energy. We have an output and an input. And so if you're not outputting the things that need to get out, they're going to get stuck. stuck. Yeah. yeah. And that's how sickness comes in and it will force you to change if if you don't listen to those initial signs. And I certainly experienced that in my Saturn Saturn return as well. Yeah, I I want you to talk about yours now. And the beautiful part of all of this is we were with each other during ours. We were. We were holding each other's hand. You're like my number one therapist and biggest safety blanket at the end of the day. Yeah, I remember I would like come out of my room and you would come out of yours because we were both living together and working from home at the time. And we'd sort of like meet in the kitchen by the laundry or fridge and get an update on like the latest call and what was happening. And it was just, you know, it's so intense in the moment. But um, of course, when you look back, you realize... It had to be this way. There was no way to push and force something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I. the reason we were living together is because I had just moved to LA. Woo. Woo. <laughs> and it was something I'd wanted to do for so long, probably decades, but really seriously since my mid-20s. And that was around when we first met. And our mutual friend, Samantha... I remember telling me, oh my God, Meredith is living like the ideal life that you would love. Like she's living on Abbott Kinney (laughs) and she's playing music and she's friends with all these creative people and she's just pursuing like this creative, passionate life. And, um, And it was true. Like that was the ideal for me, not just aesthetically and superficially, but I was living in New York City and I was working in tech and I just felt like just that, that, that similar feeling of dread that you described, just this like going through the motions, but it really had been normalized for me. And I didn't, I felt like wanting something more or bigger was selfish and that I didn't deserve that. And that I was living in this amazing place and working this cool job and had cool friends and had events and things to go to every single night. And so life from the outside looked so full and really felt busy. So it didn't it didn't occur to me to really push for a change, even though I so wanted to. And I remember even taking a trip to LA and coming back and my coworkers were like, you seem so much happier just coming Aww. back from that like a week. And I mean, it was true. And sure enough, I wound up quitting um, a couple months later, but I wasn't ready to make the move. I was starting with these incremental changes and slowly but surely those just weren't enough. And I wound up coming down with some serious physical ailments that I had to heal from. And so then I was healing those and then in that process, figuring out next steps, but it all just kind of snowballed. And until I got to LA and accomplished that thing that I truly had always wanted, things didn't start opening up and changing until that point. 
Yeah, and it's so funny because I feel like even with the incremental change, it all somehow piles up and changes everything all at once. Yes. It's like ripping the rug out under your feet. Yeah, you, you can pretend that you're making all of these other decisions and progress in other areas, but um, but yeah, until you really have that feeling of like, I'm just standing over this jump and I don't know what it is, um, you haven't really hit it yet. <laughs> and it's so funny because I feel like, and this isn't everyone, but yeah, it's like at least two big changes happen for people. Like yeah. usually it's like job, location, and then sometimes like relationship status. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, in my case, like I quit more Beza and then that week met my now husband. And But the funny thing too with both of us and seeing your journey since you've been here in LA is that Settling back in and the rerouting and regrounding from Saturn return doesn't happen overnight. And even when the ship changes direction, it takes us a while to really like correct to that. So it's also key to have compassion for ourselves and patience for the timing as we continue to not only have the big shifts, but show up in the small shifts each day and how we communicate with other people and the boundaries that we set and how we show up for ourselves, and what we invest time into. That's so true, and I'm so glad you brought that up because it does take, depending on how big those changes are, it can take a couple of years to settle into that. And part of it, too, is having the support system or the life structure in place that can support you on the other side of that. So, like... For me, for example, before any of these changes started, I actually also had to revamp my friend group and everyone I was surrounding myself with. Refresh. (laughs) (laughs) But truly, it was like, it was a total like wipe out and refresh. I mean, people who I had always kind of like been connected to, but that was the foundation for then me to be able to make these really scary decisions over the next few years because I had people who really understood me and supported me. Totally. And without that, um, yeah, sometimes you're just not able to make these changes. So I think it is so important to look at all of the supporting areas of your life. Yeah. And make sure that you're being really honest with yourself about what those relationships are and, um, and how much they push you to grow. I could not agree more, like retreat, <laughs> retweet. Um, it is pretty crazy. Yeah, it's like the total, yeah, like you said, it's like who we're surrounding ourselves with too. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like there's a pruning, what I was going to say is like now we're both 32. Um, and this year we've both had our own like, I think one of our past episodes was about the full bloom and the soil and wintering and blooming. It's like it happens every year. Saturn return is probably like a big course direct redirect, but each year there is that little shift and that little pruning yeah. that needs to happen so the weeds don't grow and so you don't become disconnected. And And Saturn return kind of helps us, I think, prove to ourselves that we are capable yeah. of making those big shifts and that we've got us and that we will be okay but those big shifts aren't going to stop throughout our lives. Yeah, that's like, such a good point. It's like the first big one that helps us return home. Like our 20s are kind of, a monk once told me, 
our 20s are all about being in a candy store and trying a bunch of different things. And our 30s are about having more discerning taste, what we want to invest time into. And so I feel like it's like Saturn return is almost that first huge wake-up call for turning home, but then it's like serves as the reminder every few years that we've got us and we're okay to do that. And we might be pivoting into a new version of our purpose, but that we've done it before and we can do it again. That's so true. I love that. It's like the the proving to yourself of what you're really capable of. And I do just want to say that it will look different for everyone. So ideally your 20s are your time of experimentation and then you can kind of structure and formalize your life. But I have this theory that everyone has to experience every phase of life. Mm. It's just a matter of when. Mm. And there is (laughs) the... The standard structure, like we said, but I also know people and myself even a little bit who have done it in a bit of a different order. Maybe like started out with a really intense, serious relationship that felt like it was going to marriage at the age of 21. And um, and then when that ends five years later, figuring out um, your dating goals from there, or maybe it's being really serious about a career at the beginning and then wanting to take a more creative path and experiment. Yeah. So I feel like it's so important to just understand what what you've been through and, and why and what you still need to experience. Totally. I love that theory. And it's so true. It's like uh, we see people twice our age, whether yeah. they're friends or... Um, otherwise who are grappling with questions that we grappled with five years ago in a different area of life. And it's really just one of my biggest theories in self-development with that is it's not that we're never going to make mistakes again. It's not that we're ever going to be tested again. You you know, there's no silver bullet or one and done Mm. healing for anything. Um, But the continued growth looks like having more compassion and curiosity about ourselves, about others, and about our mistakes. And then you can use it all as fuel or growth. But I love that. When we don't have compassion or we think we have to be a certain way or should, that's when it, things get locked and stunted. Exactly. And, yeah, that all kind of brings us to um, what, what we had kind of touched on earlier is that idea of, like, what you resist persists. Mm-hmm. And even if you feel like you're holding on to a certain area of life because what will others think or, you know, that fear of like all the external repercussions, but meanwhile you're kind of starving your internal self, Mm. that starts to show, like you start to lose your vitality, like people start to notice that you're not being fully open or fully expressed or fully authentic. Yeah. And so it's ironic because it's almost like in trying to like, please other people or our, protect our external image, it's like it's actually hurting it in a way, if that makes sense. No, it totally makes sense. And I feel like that's what both of us described in our experience and what we observe in in everyone around us. Like whenever you're focused on the external view of how something looks, you are inevitably neglecting how it really feels. And it's 
it's really easy to to not realize that you're in that situation until you're in it. Yeah, until yeah. you're or even until you're out of it cuz I think even for both of us like we were focused on the external view of what we were doing with your business and whatever I was doing with yeah. work. <laughs> and that was sort of like enough to give us permission to stay on those tracks. And I think that's the same for a lot of people without realizing that, yeah, like you said, it, it does start to show and, and your energy just slowly but surely drains. And I think that's also where we want to really pay attention to we talked about health issues, but these things like depression, anxiety, even PCOS, um, digestive issues, like all of that is rooted in the emotional health and no amount of antibiotics or gut cleanses or diets will heal those if our minds are not right and our feelings aren't right. Amen. <laughs> and I only know that because I've tried all the other all the other fixes. <laughs> and they were just band-aids. <laughs> yeah. It's it's so true. I mean, it's like that everything is intertwined and what I always do with my clients when we're starting off whether it's a Saturn return or something else that they've been holding on to is they start by having them list all of the shoulds, like mm. all of the things they feel like they should be doing. And this is just like scraping away the top layer. Yeah. Let's just clear the shoulds out of the way. Yeah. And then what do they actually desire, but they're afraid to speak out? And then it, we'll, we'll get to that. Maybe it's either what they desire or they don't know what they desire, but they know what they don't want anymore. So either way, we'll look at that and then we do a la Carolyn Elliott for Existential Kink, amazing book. One day we'll have her on and mark our words. But um, the deepest fear inventory. What do I fear will happen? What, are, what is the worst case if all of these things hit rock bottom? Um, what, where will I go from there? And I, oftentimes when we address the worst case fears, it's like, okay, that might suck or I might lose, you know, that relationship or that opportunity, but you realize it's not that bad in the long run. And then the possibility on the other side of that, of you expanding, of you having like this feeling of freedom in whatever area of life far outweighs those little fears that you were kind of letting run rampant in your mind. I have to say you did the deepest fear inventory with me um, when we first moved in together because I had a lot of fears. I had made this big leap and my biggest fear was that I would have to go back and it would be undone. And even though I was aware of it, until you actually do that exercise, like you have your clients do, like write it out, express it, tell it to someone else, Yes, it does not work. You can't just have it cycling in your head in the back of your mind as this thing that you know that you think you're aware of because then it just festers there and it clouds every single decision that you make. And like you said, it, it muddies, it's like that top or second layer that's like muddying the waters. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you having us release that is like, is so key to being able to see your life clearly. Yep. Amen. 
I was so grateful for that. Oh my gosh. Wow. I was so, thank you for trusting. Yeah. Thank you for leaning in. Yeah. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. And we're all here to, to walk each other home and to hold the mirror for each other's highest self when sometimes we're lost in our own vortex. And that's why having trusted friends or a coach or a, a therapist or someone that can help you see that reflection of who you're wanting to be and how you want to feel in your life is so powerful. And I remember as the beginning of my Saturn return, I sent that email to 30 people in my life because I was turning 30 um, and asked them for feedback. I said, is there a blind spot that you feel like maybe gets in the way of my growth or my success? And it's like one of those things where your heart races so much when you press send, but it feels so like invigorating on yeah. the other side. Um, and it's a really powerful thing to just, of course, taking everything with a grain of salt, but to be able to sit there and hear how people perceive you and all the people who responded obviously wanted my highest growth and obviously like cared about me deeply or else they wouldn't have responded. But it's like such a powerful practice that also helps us get out of our own way when we forget that other people can sense things about us just as much as we can sometimes um, when we're not connected to our inner voice. I love that you did that. I think that's really brave and yeah, something we should all be able to do. Have someone at least that we can ask for feedback and, and vet just that, yeah, we're coming across the way that we'd like to be. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Saturn return, never over. It's never over. And that's the thing, too, with these astrology things. Like, however you take it, whatever meaning you derive from it, at the very least, it's just a reminder to be aware of these astrological destructions. Or <laughs> <laughs> aware of of the potential of these things in yourself. Like we might never consider if we're on the right track or if we should be jumping ship. And so these, these little milestones um, at the very least just force you to reconsider a little bit. Yeah, which is so great. And like you said, it's like with Mercury retrograde or Saturn return, it's not always like all hell is going to break loose and your life is going to turn into a dumpster fire and then a golden dove. Only if you resist it. Only if you resist it. <laughs> but um, but it's just to say, like you said, it's like a nice pause for reflection of what do I want to give more time to? Am I living out my highest truth? Am I playing big? Am I taking big swings? Mm, yes. Am I surrounding myself with people who challenge me? Yes. Am I watering the grasses that already give to me? Yes. Because life is all just about reaching your highest potential. Yeah. I think that's everyone's existential anxiety and... So many of us could be playing so much bigger than we are. Yeah, except for Taylor Swift. She she did well. She did well. <laughs> Especially this year. I think, yeah, she expressed fully. I think we're, yeah, we're but, all stepping into that era's version of ourselves. We are, and I was going to say, I think we talked about this on the Taylor episode we did, but still crazy to me that, like, she's pretty unmatched in that, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's a really cool idea. It's an original concept, but, like... She's killed it. Yeah. yeah. Her and Beyonce with the Renaissance tour. Totally. Which I haven't seen, but I'd love to. I would too. Um, but yeah, more people can be that big too. Totally. And what they've done, as we already touched on on the Eras tour, is what she's done is almost like her Saturn return was reputation. Yeah. And allowed 
for that total destruction, for that isolation of people are going to call me a snake. I'm going to make all of my album symbology snakes. Like she just embraced it. And it's like, that's true authenticity of like leaning in and using that fire of transformation. And then now on the other side of her Saturn return, getting acknowledgement for all of those different stepping stones in her life. Yeah. That's actually such a good last point to bring up too that dark night period. I know people talk the about the DNO of the S. <laughs> yeah. Dark night of the, soul. <laughs> the dark night of the soul is D-N-O-S. a hot topic. D-N-O-T-S. <laughs> and it's connected to the Saturn return and all these transformational journeys. But I think the thing that actually stops people from making those huge leaps and playing big and reaching their highest potential is the fact that oftentimes there is that bridge you have to cross and you have to actually like maybe step into the swamp. Yeah. Like you might not have the bridge. You actually have to get down there and trudge through it mm-hmm. to get to the other side. And that is no joke depending on, you know, the choices you've made leading up to that point, but that can be rough. And so it's, it's just something to be aware of, but it's still worth it. It's still so worth it because it's better than just playing it safe and staying small and repeating the same thing over and over again. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> In my DNOTS era. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just go dark. <laughs> um, should we wrap it up with our little med and journ? Let's do it. Take okay. us away. Okay. Closing your eyes. <laughs> Let the giggles out. Let out the goofies. <laughs> <laughs> Take a deep breath in. Open mouth, exhale. Another deep breath in. And as you exhale, coming into your heart space, feeling into what you've already done up into this point in your life. Just giving it gratitude and grace for all the good, the bad, how it had to happen exactly that way to bring you to where you are today. And then as you bring that awareness to where you are today, noticing what feels in alignment, maybe it's your relationships or your job or your hobby. And then using that feeling of where you do feel good to scan where you feel out of alignment. If you're really honest with yourself, what is out of alignment? Where have you been holding back or maybe not taking a big swing for fear of what would happen? And then just asking this part of you that's out of alignment, what do you fear? Just letting your fear speak. As you let your fear speak, acknowledging it, telling it that's totally valid, just reminding it of all the times that you've got you in the past, that you've made a change, that it's worked out, that you've grown, and that you've done it before. And though this time might feel a little bit bigger, scarier, you can do it again. And as you're in your mind's eye, seeing a beautiful full-length mirror appear before you and seeing that version of you on the other side 
of your Saturn return or your Saturn return adjacent, which could just be on the other side of a big change. Seeing that version of you on the other side of that change. Noticing how their energy is, the vitality in their face and their posture. And then asking this version of you, what has become possible because these things have changed or fallen away? What has become possible? And then asking them for a piece of wisdom for you to take with you on your journey into this Saturn return into this big change? What is a piece of wisdom that future version of yourself has for you? Thanking them, taking this wisdom, breathing it into your heart, and then open mouth, exhale, and then coming back in and as you exhale, opening your eyes, coming back into this space. Powerful. Powerful. So just as a summary for your journaling beyond that meditation, where do I feel in alignment in my life? Where do I feel out of alignment in my life? Or what swings am I not taking? And then what do I fear will happen? What do I fear will happen if I let that thing go or if I take that big swing? And then lastly, the most powerful question, what becomes possible when I take that big swing? How does that serve as that catalyst or bridge to that next version of my life that's just around the river bend, as Pocahontas would say? Mm. Great. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Well, while we were doing that visualization, I just thought of this quote that I, it used to be my favorite and it was the quote I lived by mm. and it's really relevant to this and your full bloom theme. Mm. And it's a quote by Anais Nin and I'm going to sort of paraphrase it, but it's something like, and then the day came when the effort to stay tightly wound in a bud was more painful than the effort to blossom. Wow. And... I used to live by this quote because I'm a very risk-averse person and I just like to kind of let things ripen before I take them. But I've sort of reconsidered and it's still relevant, but I think there's something to be said for anticipating that blossom and letting yourself blossom out of that tightly wound bud right. before you're forced to. Right. It's like, you know, when you're jumping into a lake from a boulder. Yeah. You look down, you're like, whoa, <gasps> that's so scary. But then you do it, and you're like, wow, I'm exactly. so powerful. I can do that again. Yeah, exactly. You don't need to like step down to get closer. Yeah. Wow. What a great quote to end on. Love this. At the risk of saying powerful again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for being part of this. Saturn return in Mercury retrograde with us. 
We hope you enjoyed it. Definitely leave us a comment on the socials, on our podcast, what's going on for you and your Saturn return, any questions you have. You can follow us on That's Powerful Stuff on all platforms. Because what powerful stuff is? It's that. That's powerful stuff. (laughs) That is powerful stuff. That is powerful stuff. Um, Great. And we'll see you next time. We love you guys. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Powerful Stuff Podcast. We're your hosts, Meredith Baker and Eileen Leguiu. We hope that you learn some powerful stuff that you can take away and implement into your own life. And if you do, we would love it if you rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast, Powerful Stuff. And if something deeply resonates with you and you share it on social media, tag us. We would love to hear from you. And we will also see you next week for some more Powerful stuff.